just two local guys with so much to say. So listen to the real estate brothers today. Folks, we are live. Happy 2022. This is January and it's the 47th edition of the Monthly Market Update. There's so much to do. There's hula, there's surfing, and real estate too. We're just two local guys with so much to say. So listen to the real estate brothers today. We'll try and knock this out pretty quickly. Some of these have been getting longer as the years have gone by, but four years later, you think we'd get the hang of it and it'd be a little bit more exciting for you guys, but. Here we go. Um, Dean, let me go first with this. I'm launching my book on the 25th of this month. If you guys would get to get a free copy and watch the audiobook version on YouTube, go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash book. But uh, I put this little bingo card of different pre- predictions that are happening on maybe throughout 2022. Folks who are checking out this on the YouTube, you guys are lucky because you have all the graphics. Um, but we'll try and read out aloud a lot of the headlines that we're talking about that you're seeing on the screen in, on the podcast. You guys can also check that out on iTunes, Google Play, etc. I have a question, Ain. Is it true that for your audiobook, it's actually your voice? That's what the rumor is. It actually is. And if you go to simpleplasticcashflow.com slash book, for a limited time, I don't know how long I'm going to have it on there, but I actually read every single word and recorded me on the, the camera, kind of like uh, like doing like a fireside chat, reading a book to you. So if you're tired and you want me to read you a bedtime story, go to that webpage and go to the book. Oh, that's interesting. And so there's a video portion too from that standpoint? Yeah. Cool. Sometimes I'll look at the camera and say snarky comments there it, it wouldn't be a story about lane if, if you didn't right yeah i'd probably fall asleep reading my own book oh welcome everybody episode 47 i think by now you guys hopefully know me i'm dean oeda i'm a real estate investor and realtor in honolulu hawaii you can find me on my youtube site youtube.com slash real estate of hawaii is probably the best way and my re- regular website is real estate of hawaii.com so like Lane said, let's jump into things. We have 2022 jumping into the new year for January, but February 1st is actually the new lunar year, also known as Chinese New Year. It's big in Hawaii. This year, coming year is the year of the tiger. So if you're born in the lunar year of 1962, 74, 86, you're born in the year of the tiger, which is also my year. So it's what they say about uh, people born in the year of the tiger, and I don't know if this is 100% true, but they're active and full of valor and vigor. You usually act decisively but cautiously, and in the face of setbacks, resilience, or failure, they make prompt decisions and they're willing to start from scratch to succeed. Yeah, so welcoming 2022, and hopefully we'll have a lot of Chinese lion dances and performances. That's actually me in the lion head in Chinatown getting to bless the Chinese storefront and getting to play with the fireworks, which brings good luck to the local businesses. What I've heard is this year, the Choicheng Festival in Chinatown isn't going to be happening as it has been in the past due to obvious reasons of COVID. And those spikes are crazy. Did you, have you seen it? No, 
know, but I, I, don't, I try not to pay attention to it. It's like divorce statistics, I feel like. When I'm calling friends and maybe like the other day I called four friends and two of the four had COVID within their household. So I'm like, man. But I hear it's, it's not as bad. But anyway, I digress. Let's get through this. So well, I want to know one thing. Like, how much does a guy have to pay to get you guys to show up at their thing to do the lion dance? Oh, we can, right now it's getting the staffing. We're trying to figure things out. So if, if you're thinking about something for your retreat, then let me know. We'll hook it up. My son's club, the Asian Lion Dance team, we're slowly trying to get into active again. They're having practices and things and we're getting ready for Chinese New Year. If you want to, let me know. Get, get some. You don't want to say order of magnitude, how much that costs. Oh, no, I think the... Yeah, I think our rates pre-COVID, we were like, for, so for one adult lion head and the, the full performance, but, but with one lion, like how you saw in the previous slide, would be like 175. I haven't checked with our leader if we changed that, but that's what it was pre-COVID. Yeah. And, but yeah, let me know. Like I said, it's, I'm, it's my son's club, but I like to consider myself a member. I, I help out when I can, but yeah, if anyone's interested, Asian Lion Dance team, Brandon Ho is our fearless leader so before it goes up to 300 yeah no i was actually talking to him about that and maybe with yeah true trying to get staffing is so so tough these days but anyway so here we go for december statistics and these this actually came out today from the home board of realtors but um good because we're looking at again december compared to december last year so if you've been following us over the previous months or even just following the honolulu real estate market it's um Pretty similar story as it has been in terms of our trends. No records broken this month, but for single family homes on that left side, we are at uh, 1050000 for our median single family price. And that's a very big increase from prior year of almost 21%. Closed sales are down, I think, 10% at 378 And days on market are 11, is 11 days on market. On the condo and single family on the right hand side, we have 485,000 closed sales. We saw a jump from prior year and 593 closed sales and days on market is 30. As I like to do, I like to jump into these graphics because it kind of tells a good story for to me. So Wahoo median single home prices, I, I showed showing you the graph over three years. The blue line is the single family and gray is condos. So as you can see, it's hard to tell here, but there's a, it's going, it's, there's a, it's going up in the, especially for the single family. It shows a little bit better when I look it at the bar graph, right? So here's the same statistics, but in bar form. So on the left, you had the single family in 2019, you had 825,000 as a median single family. And that's compared that today. And you have a 27 percent increase in the last two years compared to the right side, the gray, which is condos. And that you see a 13% increase in the condos and townhouses. So as you can tell, the single family side, they had the greatest percentage of appreciation over the last two years. And I guess the rich get richer, right? So have the bifurcations between the haves and the have-nots sale is what we're I'm seeing. curious, do you, do you know by all chance, like the high-end, like Honolulu Kakako condos versus the renter by necessity type condos in Salt Lake, IAL, those types, like the pricing of those going different. The percentages, I think it's actually, so to your point, I think the con the condos are have a, a lot bigger swing in the Kakako 
versus the the more affordable help homes. I have a few some properties over even further west in the couple hundred thousand price range. And yeah, the stuff in the west is not seeing nearly as big of increases as the town and east side for sure. I don't have the numbers offhand, but to your point, the higher end product, even for the condos have been going up. But definitely single family though, even on single family on the west side has been is skyrocketing. And that has to do a lot with, we mentioned the COVID and the donut effect. And a year and a half ago, people were almost moving away from town and condos and didn't want to ride in those elevators for three wait three trips to get to the 40th floor because they had to socially distance as the association policy, right? To your point, Yali, and I think even on the condo side, the, the more luxury inventory has been increased uh, by far. Are you a non-accredited investor looking for opportunities to invest passively? How about a newer investor looking to get a bit of a track record and confidence from your skeptic spouse? And could you use the reinforcement of monthly checks paid like clockwork? The American Homeowner Preservation Fund, or AHP, is looking to bring new investors with them. I've been investing with them since 2016, and originally, I used it as a means to pay for my regular expenses. I started with $60,000 as my initial investment, and that paid for my car payment completely for me. AHP collaborates with existing homeowners to keep them in their homes by restructuring or selling the debts, unlike their competitors that just kick their homeowners out on the streets. It's a way to make great returns while feeling good about making a social impact. After investing myself in the fund, it was awesome when owner George Newberry saw the impact our simple passive cash flow monthly crew was making, approached me to become a spokesperson of the company. Invest as little as $100 by going to ahptitle.com. And if you want the free Burn Zone book, please claim it at simplepassivecashflow.com slash AHP. And if you haven't done yet, join our private investor club for more insider access. Go to simplepassivecashflow.com slash club. So now looking at month supply of inventory, we're looking at, we look at the one year trend, right? And we see here, again, if you followed us, you, we see it for single family and townhouses, condos, it going the downward trend. So I'd like to take a look at it further out. So that's three years, again, months supply of inventory. And we talked about this before. So this gray is the condos and we see this big hump going up and then back down. And we talked about that. Some of this partly due to the COVID uh, pandemic and also partly to the mandate or the new laws in terms of trying to enforce short-term housing restrictions. Or the laws were existing from for 20 years ago, but now in 2020 is when they started to say we're going to start enforcing them. Yeah. And then again, going out as far as we could for this graph, we went out 16 years for month supply of inventory. And as we've mentioned before, the when you're... Down here, when you're in three, below three months of inventory, it's, it's a very strong seller's market. Um, they say three, four, three to six months of inventory, you're in equilibrium and anything over six months is definitely a seller's inventory. So if that's any, if there's any truth to that, then you can see that the last time we were in a strong seller's market wasn't in, since 2009, eight, nine, 10, the subprime crisis, right? So ever since then, though, it's the uh, supply of inventory has been really low and we've been in pretty much a seller's inventory. And if you look at this last two years or last year, in fact, how low it is, then that's showing 
that we're even more well. There's not much inventories and very strong for our sellers. Also like to talk about cyber fraud and scam. So this month I chose scam, which is apparently, Liam, have you heard Amazon? There's rumors that Amazon is coming up with a cryptocurrency again, and that's total rumors, but the cyber criminals are taking advantage of this rumor. And what they're doing is they're, they're running social media ads that have sites that look like CNBC and Yahoo Finance. So the ads claim that the pre-sales for these tokens are starting now. So they, you click on the link and it takes you to the fake Amazon website. Then it talks about this roadmap of how they're going to start the process of releasing the tokens. And then, of course, if you click on that link, paying cyber criminals is money and you'll never see a token in return. So as always, you like to talk about the tips that are recommended. So before you ever click on the ad, you can always hover over the link to preview what that link is, because sometimes the hyperlink uh, description is changed on purpose and it's not actually going to direct you to where it says it is. Keep that in mind. Also look for poor grammar and misspellings in the um, content. And keep in mind that cryptocurrencies have a range of different origins, structures, and intended uses. So always consider that before going into cryptocurrencies. Yeah. At the end of Last year, 2021, I got a bunch of calls and some people scrambling because, for example, Ulana at Ward Village, they stopped passing out applications at the end of 2021. But it's not just people who are interested are too late. The If you want an application, you give me a call or contact me. I have applications and they're not due till February 13th. But don't wait too long because there's a pretty, the process it doesn't take a long time, but there's a lot of things to fill out. It's a little bit different than other new developments that we've seen. So what is that? Like low income or something? It's a reserve housing. So if you see in the middle, um, this is actually one of the requirements or limitations is the maximum qualifying income per household size. And this is basically a hundred for 140% of the median income in the state. These are just one of the requirements. There's also like a asset, a maximum asset requirement also. So uh, we won't get into details. I didn't push this too much. I do have a video on it on the the YouTube site. So just so keep in mind. Oh, go ahead. The entire building is low. Correct. Correct. This is one. This is one of the ways for the developer to fulfill their requirements because X percent of that Ward Village has to be. So they just stuff them all into one building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm not sure there might be more too, but yeah, that's the strategy for, I guess that these guys are coming up. And it's not in my backyard. It's, it's very clear. It's near, they're, they're all near each other. So same thing like Core Ridge, they have townhouses that are reserved, reserved housing. Auden Ho, Pili too, they, they all have reserved housing. And there's they're all run by different um, authorities. So they have different, Qualification. Yeah, if you're interested, reach out to me. The lottery is, again, deadline is the day before uh, Valentine's Day. The and the lottery is going to be held on the 1st of March with the selection starting on March 5th. Yeah. And besides that one, people were calling me also about Ili Can you rent that out if you buy it? So, there, so for Iwalana, there's restrictions. I think it's two, five, and 10-year restrictions for when you can re start renting them out. And, but you eventually you will be able to. So yeah, that's a tricky one too, because when, if you're to sell though, you're going to have to equity share or, or pay back a proportionate portion 
back to the state. Oh, so you can't just flip it. Then. Oh, no. Yeah, they're, they've, the authorities have learned from the first ones. I think they're like loopholes before in the other ones. And, but now they, they pretty, they've tightened up the process pretty well where there's no people in theory can't get around and, and then flip it or start renting it out right away and become, yeah. So good question. Cause I was thinking the same thing, right? Anyway, the, another property in the Kakaakwa area that has reserved as well as market units are the um, Ililani development, which is close to a couple blocks north of Salt, Salt, yeah, and Mother Waldron Park. There's affordable units, um, only one bedroom units though that are still available now. These, this is not by lottery system. And so if something, another option for people looking uh, for reserved housing and want to avoid the lottery process. Lastly, what I wanted to talk about was every time we, we think of annual things to do, we, we've talked about vision boards in the past. We've talked about revisiting your portfolio, looking at your balance sheet. One thing that I did uh, recently was an insurance, I call it insurance check, but what I did was looking at my all of my insurance coverages that I have uh, for each property and umbrella to make sure that everything is right sized. A lot of times you're, we're looking at it, our declaration page and we're looking at all these different line items and oh where did this come from or what how is this deductible is that if, if i reduce this or increase the this deductible then maybe my premium will go down or is this coverage correct now because now i have photovoltaic on my roof so that i have additional cost replacement cost so it's always a good idea to go back to your insurance providers and oh, it's almost like talking to your financial advisor or trust attorney where you're you're asking them, okay, this is my situation now. D does my policy make sense? Can I do different things and change it up? And sometimes it's tied to your commercial or residential umbrella insurance because your underlying plans need to make that need to jive with your umbrella plan, or else you'll be breaking the covenants in your umbrella plan. So always good to re revisit those things periodically. I found when I did this the other month that I had a potential savings that I wasn't getting. And that was for my, was it my alarm system? So I have a, a monitoring on my alarm system and it's monitored by a third party, but apparently my insurance provider didn't know that. So now I need to provide a certification that I'm have, I have this third party monitoring, and then I'll get a discount on my premiums. I guess it's true, right? Or that commercial is like, oh, you can save 15% on your car insurance or something. It's not like the AT&T commercial where it's like, everybody gets the same deal. New customers, old customers. Well, insurance is, yeah, if you've been around with the same guy for a while, you're probably getting the shaft deal. That's better to shop around just like for a job, right? Like you don't move around, you're just going to get like screwed over with pay all the new guys moving around are the guys getting yeah. better pay don't get comfortable don't get comfortable but if you, if you do you get screwed so good point very good point okay sounds good next hand it off so we'll see you in a next week d yeah we're doing the annual retreat for the big passive cash plan i'm excited uh, we have the secret handshakes no walking over fire but definitely <laughs> a lot of practices and swapping of ideas alternative investing ideas so what do we got first inflation is going up because a lot of it's in the food seeing a lot of the pieces of smaller ice cream containers instead of three cow bees you only get two. Oh yeah not changing the prices and so some things that are changing out there in the commercial real estate world cvs planning to downsize some of their footprints 
This is probably to do with Amazon coming into the world of pharmacy and just generally less brick and mortar stuff out. At one time, people would always say, get, we'll get your net worth over two, three million, get some triple nets, Walgreens, yeah. CBSs, but maybe not the case. Who's going to be the anchor store now? Starbucks, you know, I mean, I don't know. They're so tiny though. And yeah. Where, where are we going to get our boosters? Our annual COVID boosters? They'll just rely on, they'll just rely on the big pop-ups for that. Right? That's true. City services. We are going more to that side anyway. All right. ULI, they forecasted GDP 3.4% in 22, the first economic contraction since 2009. Recovery from the pandemic is expected to occur dramatically faster than what should spatter out of the Great Recession. Some of these are going to go through my notes here. I think I stacked some of these on top of there. Okay. It's going to be really fast this episode. <laughs> Let me see if we have any comments. Don't forget to type type in your comments or questions, guys. Reliably, a small multifamily tenant space fuels recovery. Analysis of work from home trends finds that small multifamily properties may be less affected than the larger properties because fuser tenants can work remotely. A year absorption in the last four quarters seems to be things to be on the rebound. In the gateway markets are your San Francisco's, your Seattle's, your LA's, like those big cities that initially took a big hose down and early 2020 prices going up from 2020 and this is what we're talking about that's what i was asking you on the rent side the class a rents are going much higher than the class b and c well kind of what you're saying right the class a the higher rent condos are going much higher pricing in relation than the class c class b counterparts so i and i think that's the way to go i've actually thought about this recently you know i always say don't buy real estate in hawaii it doesn't cash flow, but if you have a boatload of money, what would be safer to buy high end luxury in Hawaii or, you know, like houses on the West Side? And I think that's what some of the these high net worth pe- people across the world are doing, right? And that's maybe that's what the Japanese were doing back in the 80s, but it's like parking their money here because, like how Warren Buffett said, the, you don't want to lose principal. That's the worst thing. So there, there's. Theoretically, it's a safe place to park your investments as a potential diversification of your portfolio. Here's another thing that kind of parlays into this. So I was doing some research on like buying a hotel. So I was okay. bored, stuck at home all the time. And the research that I did was, uh, my conclusion was, you don't, you know, if you want to invest in hotels, you don't buy little crappy comfort inns or holiday inns or two to four star hotels because in bad times, they they hit, get hit with recession. People don't travel. It's a very discretionary item. And counterintuitively, you want to be into those high-end luxury stuff like Four Seasons because as we see, as the recovery is happening now, people that are affluent and rich, they're in, unimpacted by recessions and they want to go to their six-star hotel Four Seasons. So then I was like, that's expensive, huh? Little me can't buy a luxury brand hotel there might be some kind of like nation there with a smaller boutique but like all the hilton marriott marriott's there might be truth to that i i have a friend that works at four seasons and ever since the traveling and the hoteling industry opened up on oahu i don't see him anymore because he's working so much and tennis buddy so I would see him on the tennis courts uh, all the time during the shutdown because he wasn't working. And so every day, if I wanted to 
get some reps, I would go to the courts and guarantee he'd be down there. So, but now I don't, he, I don't see him at all. So, Brother Sheldon is working hard over the four seasons. But um, to your point, Lane, yeah, barring people not even be able to enter the state, then he, he may be right. And it's, it's all these big, uh, big conferences too, is what I've been hearing. Where they've, when they open up, they're these concerts that they were having, they're, they would bring, they'd have these big conferences and it's all the other ones that we hear about. And then he's like, oh yeah, Journey came down and they performed tonight. And then the following night was Air Supplier. Again, that big names were not around my time, maybe not yours, Lane, but yeah. I don't, yeah. I, I'm probably not all the original guys, but they're bringing some relatively big names for these. And maybe depending on what the, the clientele and the patrons were, it, it matched what their genre of music was. But their pa- point is still paying big bucks to, to fly in to Hawaii and um, at these five-star hotels. Yeah. It, there's a demand for it. People that, who have the money are itching now, and that's the, the divide. You have the haves and the have It is what it is, whether it's right or wrong. But if you're an investor, I think you got to get on the right end of that so with that said, any king of hotels? So here's the thing. Like the high-end luxury hotels, they don't bring in private equity, which are like fools. They, they go to institutional backers, which just oh, that's true. all the stuff. Big public, yeah. And from what I hear, a lot of times, like those big brands, they don't even, they don't really fund the project. They're just lending their names. It's not even their hotel, really. Just the brand, and that's you can say brand is everything. So no, no opportunity for some kind of like boutique, almost like a speakeasy of a hotel. Well, that's what it is. So like the ones that I'm thinking of is we're going to the Lalo, right? That's a good, that's a good one. Kaina, Kaina, all the way near the zoo side. Like those are the examples of if you can go in buy it for. I think the pricing is like two hundred, three hundred a unit. For, okay. for key card is what they say. But then you got to put a boatload of rehab. Like we're not talking like five to $10,000 new floor and new appliances, new countertop. We're talking like two, three, four X that potential. And you have to be an operator of hotels. Yeah. You have to have that. And yeah, to, I, like, to your point, I was thinking how the, the rebranding works, right? Because like apartment complexes, I think those are speak for themselves with the curb appeal, but I don't know how it works for yeah, that. That's why a lot of us invest in single family homes and apartments because there's not much to it, but you need a, you need a professional to run a hotel because it's different and you need much more sophistication doing that, but also a lot less competition, right? Who really has the cojones to go after a hotel? So quick horror story for the viewers for single family homeowners or small multiplex. So I actually got a call on New Year's Eve at 6 PM and uh, my property out in Kansas city, but it was a small fourplex but one of the units there was a fire and so my fortunately my property manager went out there the unit itself there's a lot of smoke damage and but no one was injured thank thankfully and yet after the fire department came and the marshal came and they did their thing and he gave me a final report i said okay go home and try to enjoy the rest of your new year's but now i have a one one of one fourth of the unit's vacant that we have to rehab and file an insurance claim and got lost rent coverage on that thing i have i don't think lost rent i think there's just if i have to re- house the tenant somewhere else i'll get re-recovery for that yeah but here's so we, we gotta bring you to the passive side man we lost rent oh that where i was going with this too right is oh you, you, you do the these syndications and you don't have to 
get these calls on at 6 p.m. on New Year's Eve. Oh my, I was calm, cool, and collected just because my property manager is and he's, I have trust in him and that's the whole point and part of the process. I, I knew he would handle it, but point is still a few of these white hairs came from that call, right? So you should be excited. This is the opportunity for you to cash out of that thing. I'm oh, yes. If you, if you, this claim is obviously going to be more than twenty, thirty thousand $30,000 claim. To me, if it's about that threshold, you definitely should be calling a third party claim to public adjuster. That's an interesting point. Yeah. Three major fires. I'm sure the property managers don't tell us all the little handle fires, but three major fires. Here's actually one of them right here. It's finally getting rebuilt. That whole damn building burnt down. Which one is this? Which? This is in Irving, Texas. Okay. So it's fine. This is a recent picture that I just happened to have. But the whole thing burnt down, which is a frustrating. The lost rents covers it to that time. And then now we can go build it with the, the replacement value where you insure it to the highest amount so you can build it what you want. For, did you have replacement value or actual value? I believe it's replacement. But again, this one is one of the four units. So fortunately, the damage was more like smoke damage. Yeah. But like you said, the whole the interior has got to be totally redone. Yeah. But I think structurally, it's okay. But you're deductible like five grand or something like that? No, I think it's two, I think. Yeah, yeah five, but... I don't know. Oh, he, so here's another twist. I was also in the middle of trying to refire that thing. So now I, I think that has to be on hold too. Yeah. And that's a bummer because rates are going up, man. Even my loan officer is telling me up. Yeah. What, what you want to find is one of those contractors who knows how to play the game and runs the insurance claim for you. They're going to know how to milk it. I think I would just already, because the, so like on one of these, like where the whole building, not the whole building broke down, but I think. Uh, making up these numbers, I think maybe the total claim was like 200 at the end of the day. But initially, the claims, the insurance company came back with give you basically 50 grants. Like, it is part of the process to your point, right? The adjuster comes and then they're going to send their report of what needs to be prepared. And then on your side, you got to be able to have the know-how to counter and say, hey, this needs to be repaired too because this is no longer functional. And then maybe you'll get a replacement of this that they might have missed. Yeah, and it's funny we're talking about insurance guys, right? If you think like your sales agent is bad, kind of like sandbagging you on your pricing, think about the claims guys on the other end. They're way, way worse. They they sandbag us like 25% of the money we eventually got. We actually got like a professional represent us. And you pay those guys, I think they, they take a small percentage of the whole, but it's well worth it. They 4X what you get. Oh, so you pay a third party to almost negotiate with the, the actual yeah, investor. But they get paid based on like percentage usually. I don't know if it's like a few percent points of the whole thing. Yeah. For big uh, projects like that, they, they pay for themselves and, and then some. Yeah. Anytime it goes over 25, 50 grand, I think it warrants it. But the, but the problem is like this happened to me too. Cause so like we had a big apartment burned down and then I had my little dinky single family home in Atlanta too. And I said, hey, can you help me out here? And he's like, sorry, dude, your policy sucks. Like this residential policy suck. I can't do it. But if you want, I can connect you. But yeah, you got to get representation for sure. Thank good chat. And this is a good example of the kind of stuff that goes on in your groups though. No, what is more operator school? Like people want to get out of this type of nonsense. These are just the useless things I picked up along the way. Well, looking forward to that to next weekend for sure, man. I haven't been to either. Lalo nor the four seasons, so yeah. very excited. I think 
that will recap the show. Let me get the slide up if you guys have any comments or questions at the end. But if not, we'll see you guys next month. Have a happy 2022. Free Real Estate Investing Group. Check out reialoha.com. Just two local guys with so much to say. So listen to the real estate brothers today. Hey, just some legal stuff here. Although these two brothers are pretty knowledgeable and have over 2,100 rental units and own over $160 million worth of real estate, the preceding are only ideas and not to be taken as legal, tax, or financial advice, okay? You should always seek the professional advice of other professionals on your team and think for yourself and do your own due diligence, okay? Aloha.